We welcome all those who join us in the pews as we watch our numbers gradually increase week by week. And to those who join us by way of spiritual communion in the live stream, a welcome on this second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. The church is so wise to give us 12 days of Christmas, 40 days of Lent, and most especially 50 days of Easter. Why? Why 50 days? Well, it will culminate with Pentecost, Pente, the 50th day, and the early church from the very beginning always honored this 50-day period as the season of Easter to reflect on the most incredible mystery that mankind has ever come to understand in faith, the resurrection of the body. And all the stuff that goes with this in the mercy, forgiveness, and the pledge and promise of everlasting life that Jesus gave his disciples 20 centuries ago. The same truth we proclaim today. Christ is risen. Christ is truly risen. Alleluia. Just as he said. Just as he said. You see, our Lord doesn't play around. He doesn't deceive. He can't be deceived. He doesn't lie. So when he said, destroy this body and in three days I'll raise it up, that's what he meant. Not the temple, but himself. And everything that he prophesied, everything that he proclaimed would be fulfilled in accord with the Old Testament law, prophecies, and all the Psalms. Amazing. But the difference about our religion in comparison to other religions and spiritualities and philosophies about immortality is that Christianity keeps it very real. By real, I mean body and blood. You see, for Islam, Yahweh, I'm sorry, uh, Allah is spirit, never flesh. And for ancient Jews, of course, Yahweh is spirit, never flesh. And for most religions, the gods are always ghosts or goblins or fictitious projections, anthropomorphic figures. They're psychological or they're just representations. They're symbols. They're spiritual things. They're real in some way. But if you want to get real, what's the closest you can get to reality? It's the stuff you can touch, the stuff you can sense. You see it, you hear it, you taste it, you touch it. This is incredible that God created us not to be spirits, not to be souls trapped in bodies, but to be embodied souls, souls embodied in flesh. That's the created order. And the Catholic Church takes this very seriously. Why? Because not only does God create with intelligent design and purpose, and therefore that's its own wisdom, but that he should enter into it, incarnation, incarnate in the flesh through Jesus, the body, the blood. How did he get that? He didn't just zoom in. He didn't just kind of morph into our creation. No, he was conceived in her womb, in the womb of the Blessed Virgin. So his blood, his DNA, everything about Jesus is from the real woman, body and blood. Amazing. And then the resurrection of the body. We're not talking just a spirit or a ghost. And that's the point of today's gospel. This is why the early church 
wanted to reflect on Thomas early on and the whole reality, I mean real reality, of the body and blood of the risen Jesus. Why? Let's reflect for a moment. I know you and you, you know me in and through our bodies and each of our bodies has distinctive marks. We might think the face is kind of unique to us, more or less. But really what's unique is your thumbprint and your DNA. Even identical twins have different thumbprints. Your DNA is uniquely yours. There never was, is, or will ever be exactly someone like you. It can't be repeated in the order of nature. So this is uniquely yours, and you have other distinctive marks. You might have wounds or scars. You might have this or that. But that's your body. And I can identify you that way. Even when the coroner, the medical examiner, says, let's look for marks and indications on this body to see whether or not this matches the person in question. Now, when it comes to Jesus here on this Sunday, following the Easter resurrection, the disciples recognized him. How? Look what John says in the gospel very clearly. After Jesus says, peace be with you, they still didn't recognize him. He came through locked doors. I don't know how a body does that, but that's what happened. And then he shows them his hands and his side. And with that, says John, the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. His distinctive body marks. Now, in the crucifixion, the Romans were brilliant. They had already studied the art of execution and torture. So you can't put the nail into the palm. That would just rip the body from the cross. You put it into the crossbone here at the wrist. And so for the ancient Jew, that's the measurement of a hand from shoulder to wrist. You measure by hand a ruler, not the, the hand itself, but from shoulder to wrist. So when they said the marks in the hand, they meant the wrist. Okay, just a footnote. They recognized those wounds. They recognized the open wound from the lance that pierced his side on Good Friday. This is how they recognized him. Now friends, in the resurrection of the body of Jesus Christ, we're told the wounds were still evident. Now if I were devising the doctrine of the resurrection, I would make sure that all those wounds were cured and perfected and blended or put away or you got a new body, right? You got, you got to make it perfect. It's got to be a Hollywood model, right? It's got to be someone who's perfect. It's got to have the makeup to cover those wounds or marks. It's got to be perfect. No. A lance had pierced his side, an open wound, and the nails had pierced his wrists. So when Thomas says, I will not believe until I see it, body and blood the way I knew it. I knew this Jesus was crucified. I know those marks. 
And if I see them, then I'll believe. And that's what happens. And Jesus knows that. Thomas doesn't have to say, Lord, could I see you? No, Jesus already knows and says, Thomas, come on over. Put your hand right here. Can you imagine, friends? Keep it real. I know some of you haven't had lunch yet, but think about it. Ugh. Ooh. Body and blood. Real touch, sight, taste, touch. All these senses. Can you imagine now the Son of God, God himself in Jesus, raised from the dead, still shows those wounds. That's how they recognized him. So in the resurrection of the body, that's how we'll see Jesus. You'll recognize him. You'll see the guy that has these marks, and you're going to go, oh, oh like Thomas. You say, oh, no, we, that's not true. That's what's being said. That's the distinctive revelation of Christianity, unlike any other religion, that we're raised up bodily. Now you can say, it begs the question, well, what am I going to look like at the resurrection? I hope I don't have gray hair. I hope I don't have any warts or moles. I hope I look like 26 years old. That's when I was best and beautiful. It doesn't matter. But it's going to be your body so that you can be recognized in your body. And not just anybody. Not just any body. So there are other philosophies the world has known called transmigration or reincarnation. No, I'm not an elephant. With all respect, I'm not a scorpion or a pig or a doll. I'm a man. So reincarnation doesn't make sense, friends, if you come back as another body. No, it's my body. God created my body, your body. There's something beautiful about that to celebrate. And the resurrection of the body, following the incarnation, following the created order of the body, as God designed it, is our way of giving respect and great praise to God for the gift of our bodies. Wow. This is incredible. See, we just don't reflect on that, but the church had to reflect on that because the resurrection of the body was something very different. Oh, there had been speculation about it, but really, when you think about it, it was the resurrection of Jesus that convinced the early disciples, oh my God, this is real. There's no playing around. In fact, in other gospel accounts, Jesus will say, come, touch me. See that no ghost has flesh and blood as I do. And in other accounts, these next 40 days before his ascension, we're going to hear how he gets hungry and says, do you have anything to eat? What? And they gave him a piece of baked fish. And he says in other accounts by the Sea of Tiberias, hey, come, let's have breakfast. In the resurrection of the body, eating, drinking, what, you Christians are crazy, says the world. So I'm just illuminating this because that's basically what's going on here. 
They were amazed, and they had to have been amazed. First of all, he appears be behind locked doors, and so they're afraid. So what are Jesus' first words out of his lips? Peace, calm down, pull yourselves together. It is I, look at me, touch me. Amazing. Do you see how real it is? How Christianity keeps it so real, body to body, blood to blood. And then our Lord goes on to say, Thomas, you came to believe because you saw me this way. Blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. Now that's written by the early church for you and for me because we don't see Jesus that way. He's not appearing behind locked doors to you and me. He's not showing us his side and his wrists and his wounds. Oh, but he does something else quite intelligent, brilliant. This is where I just love Jesus because he really connects all the dots. This is my body. This is my blood. Blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. What do you believe? The same thing that the early church believed 20 centuries later, real, keeping it real, his body, his blood. Sacramentally, this is the presence, the real presence, the representation of Jesus Christ on an altar sacrifice. Wow. So you can say with Thomas, every time you behold what's about to happen, incredible as it is, incredible, unbelievable as it may seem to the world, you can say, body and blood of the God-man, Jesus Christ, and with Thomas, my Lord and my God. Blessed Easter to all of you.